Hi everyone, this is Hampshire Fan Podcast and this is our T20 Finals Day special. I've got with me George and I've got with me Amanda and we're going to talk about A, what a great day Saturday was, B, also cover a bit of what led us to get there. So how are you both feeling? We're 48 hours on almost. Tell me what you're feeling. Still feeling a bit bewildered, if I'm honest. Uh, feeling really lucky to and privileged to have been there. But yeah, I, st- I watched the highlights today and I still don't really quite understand how we ended up winning, <laughs> even though I've seen it in real life and then I saw it on the highlights and it actually happened. I wasn't dreaming it. I don't understand how Lancashire managed to lose that. Yeah, so but, good yeah. we won it twice. Yeah. <laughs> George, your thoughts? All I know is that I'm never going to get old of this feeling I'm never coming down from this feeling and I'm going to be permanently buzzing for the rest of my life I think after that um you both saw how I was afterwards so you might talk during about before <laughs> yeah, yeah during everything um oh just it reaffirms why we love our club doesn't it yeah Hampshire at its very best yeah very much the Hampshire way classic Hampshire defender low total have it as a ridiculously tight finish and add in some extra drama as well. And we wouldn't have it any other way, would we? Or would we? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I suppose, yeah, it's a sort of start off. I mean, it's kind of, yeah, where do we start? So I don't know. Do we start at the end or do we start with the Somerset game? What, what do we think? I was thinking about this, actually, yeah. I, and I think I said to you on the day that... Um, it's, it's not my sort of favourite format of the game, particularly. Um, and I, for, for various reasons, I haven't been able to see any um, live matches. And the first live last match I saw was the semi-final. And then the second and last one I saw this competition was the final. So I've been really lucky. But yeah, I was thinking, like, where do we start on this? The Somerset match, though, can I just say that George and I had a conversation earlier about it um, on the day about, is it are we really petty? But I'm really glad we got Riley Russo out cheaply because I would have been really 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 upset if he'd have been the difference between the two teams and as it as it was it, it, he you know it, it was yeah he, he wasn't a, a major factor um in the yeah. result so. I, I was desperate I was like look we 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 can lose to Somerset but please just let him have a low score because I just didn't want the mentions of oh we shouldn't have let him go or should have re-signed him <laughs> so that was my main thing and it's funny because when me and Amanda bumped into each other outside the ground sort of in that tense moment before uh, our game started with the Somerset game I said exactly the same thing to you didn't I Amanda (laughs) I I kind of you know I don't want to lose it but if we get Russo out cheaply it will really soften the blow and I'm thinking how petty do I sound we're we're, we're all equally yeah Yeah. equally Uh, I mean, I had some stick. I got a Somerset supporting friend. And um, when he said, oh, back whenever it was, oh, we've signed Russo, I was like, mm, mm, well, good luck with that. And obviously he's done really well that Taunton, I think, suits his style. But I was hopeful that when he got to a proper ground, if you like, in Edgbaston, <laughs> that uh, things that he's hitting for six down at Taunton won't have quite the same impact at Warwickshire. Obviously, he did clear the ropes a couple of times, you know, he made 20 odd, but luckily we got him out at a very good time. And it was one of those that really started to help that swing that semi final towards us. It was a really good strategy as well, thinking about this now and actually looking at it. I think what we did was we sort of soaked the pressure up on the batsmen who were on strike when Russo was there. So that the batters here on strike soaking up the pressure so that Russo has got then up the level. And actually, he couldn't quite keep pace with that. So that's mm. why I think eventually he went because the batters around him were having to just sort of try and wait for him to get back on strike. But then that scoreboard pressure was really prevalent, especially in the middle overs. I just don't think he could cope with it. And that again shows you what great game management that we possessed throughout the whole campaign and especially the whole of finals day. And that's the first sign we could probably see, actually, we've got our cricket brains switched on today. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I've just looked him I and he was 23 off 20 in the end. I think as well as starving him the strike, we did get quite a few dot balls to him. Like he went off like a train. You know, he was quickly at 10, 15, and then we really slowed him up, which I think was what 
ultimately led to his dismissal. As a friend Alan that I was sitting with, we sort of sensed that it was possibly coming, you know, that they had to start taking risks because we were doing such a good job in those middle overs. And uh, yeah, I think that was the Somerset wicket I celebrated the hardest. I was sat with um, some, I was sat around the other, in a shady bit of the ground actually, uh, with for the whole of our semi-final match with some Bears friends and uh, a little lad behind me had converted to Somerset because we, you know, we knocked uh, Warwickshire out in the quarterfinal. Um, so I was in a bit of a hostile place. But it was interesting because one of my Bears friends, uh, another George, was saying that he just felt that, well, firstly, he thought Nathan Ellis was the best bowler in the competition that he'd seen. And secondly, he thought that he was like, but that's what you've been doing. You've just been strangling and squashing sides when they've been trying to chase. And that's what you've been doing. And that's what works so well. And obviously it was catastrophic for um, Bears in the quarterfinal because, you know, we all thought, you know, we were 15 runs short on our total and it turned out we had 100 too many. It was really interesting to get perspective from other people that aren't Hampshire supporters or proper Somerset supporters as to kind of what they thought uh, as almost like an objective view about what they thought about our game plan and how we were how we were going about it. But yeah, mm. it just seems controlled. Uh, it was there was no panic. Good match to watch because it didn't feel stressed, even though I really didn't want to lose to Somerset. Mm. I mean, yeah, me too. It, yeah, it's interesting though because I think what I felt looking at other people's reactions was how different a vibe this game was to the Roses match in the morning. And people couldn't quite believe how attritional it was and how it was felt so different to that innings we all watched together seeing Lancashire just knock off 200 as if it was the easiest thing in the world. And it showed that not just the picture was changing, but that mm. were controlling the narrative and controlling the game. So I thought that was really, really positive. And also just lastly, on, on in terms of stress... You did say that, and I agree with you, Randa, but then even towards the end, Ian had to say to me, 18 over is in, it's okay, George, it's over, it's fine, we're through, and I didn't believe him. Just, <laughs> oh, really? I, no, like, I didn't, I didn't tell you it was over, I did tell you to calm down, but I wasn't telling you we were in. <laughs> Because yeah. I thought I, I remember last year too well, but I was relatively relaxed at that point, I'll be honest. Yeah, and I think I'd also <laughs> I'd worked I'd worked out when others had worked out that actually it was going to be similar to last year's finals day in the sense that the scores were going to get lower each innings. Mm. So it was, you know, you, yeah, you saw that first Roses match and you're thinking, oh my God, we just there's no way we've got enough runs. But you think actually, do you know what? I think Invinced we trust, you know, we know what we're doing. And actually, it's gonna it is gonna follow that pattern. And actually trying to explain to some my friends that I was supposed to be sat with, and I and I did sit with the, the first innings of the of the um final. Uh there was a couple of women, as it happens, in my little group of friends that hadn't been to much cricket before. So trying to explain to them that actually the pitch is gonna get slower and it's gonna get more difficult to score as the day goes on even though it's baking hot sun, they were like, what? I don't understand. I was like, no, well, I don't really either. But basically it is going to get tougher to score and you can see that. So I don't think we need to panic too much about, well, okay, yeah, I, I didn't think we were going to win <laughs> the final. But well, well, the batting for Hampshire in the semi went quite like the quarter where it was a good innings. There was a bit of a sense of frustration that at the end we perhaps didn't get as much as we could have based on the start and platform we'd built ourselves. But I was thinking, well, you know, we've got good bowlers. We've just defended much lower than this before. I think we'll be okay. Obviously, you felt like Somerset, you know, Russo had come off or something, Banton, etc. But yeah, I was relatively happy that it, it was going to be enough. And there was obviously other other moments that were very crucial in that game. Banton being run out by Mason Crane early on. What a throw that mm. was. Yeah, the fielding, the fielding I thought was really... I think there was one... I don't even want to say it was a drop in... I forget whether which one it was where... Uh, we it seemed like we didn't even go for the catch. It went up quite high. It must have been the final actually because it was, it was yeah, dark. And it just like yeah. yeah, yeah, and it just plopped in front of the fielder. It was almost like he didn't go for it because it was just it, you know. But actually, that was about minimising runs as well. It wasn't just about wickets. Yeah, it? I mean that one to me okay. looked like not that more looked like um, it misjudged the position that he needed to be in to get it. Not that he let it go. He just completely set himself yeah. in the wrong place. But that apart, I think that, you know, the the fielding was really tight, I thought. It was mm. really good. 
Yeah, I mean, let's look at the bowling figures in the Hampshire Somerset. So it was like Chris Wood, one for 32. Brad Will, one for 28. Ellis, three for 30. Dawes, one for 20. Fuller was one for 28 or three. And Mason Crane just bowled one over for 10, which was excellent. And if you think about, was it the Somerset counterparts? I mean, they had Brooks and Siddle went at more. I suppose they were unlucky that they couldn't have Craig Overton, who made a difference last year, and Josh Davey, who also had a big impact last year, um, was out injured only a few days before. So we were probably a bit fortunate that we didn't come up against Somerset's best 11, because that might have made it closer. But ultimately, it's 37 runs. So that's uh, exactly the sort of victory you want for a semi-final, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't have taken... an R-snipper of semi-final and then the final as well. It's like, uh, no, my, my nerves are not going to be up to that. Especially when you're the afternoon side as well. You just want to get through that game because you've got a relatively very short turnaround. Mm-hmm. You just want to get uh, back in. But the moment I knew we, we've got them in trouble here and also that they were recognising the pitch was perhaps changing and scores were coming lower is that Tom Lammerby, we saw it when we did... Ian and I did a Twitter space for the Somerset game at Taunton uh, in the group stages. Is He's very much a fluid, floating batsman, and he will be coming as a situational batsman. He'll come in whenever is required. Uh, sometimes they hold him back, and they put him in relatively early, and I thought, okay, they they really sense the need to get runs on the board here. Uh, and there was a nervousness, and, and we just stuck to our plan and were consistent. And in hindsight, it's difficult because you go through such a range of emotions then, but... I did feel relatively calm in that interval for the Lancashire game. And I think it's because the vibes we got was that we had a plan and we were just going to go for it. And I think we were quite trusting of what we were doing. It just seemed like we knew what we were doing, which wasn't always the case last year, because I guess we just felt lucky to be there. Whereas there's just a purpose in every decision on Saturday. Yeah, I'm not sure what I thought when it came to sort of before the final. I was just sort of trying not to think about it too much. And I was kind of like, okay, well, it's probably the best bowling team in Hampshire up against the best batting team in Lancashire because they chased a lot. Well, they'd shown that they were very good at batting and chasing 220 or 205 in the morning. And I think they'd set other big totals throughout the competition. And I was sort of thinking, well, hopefully the best bowling normally wins these sort of things. And I just, all I was hoping for was, I really hope we win the toss and get the chance to bat first because that's what we do best. And luckily the coin came down right for us. Yeah, I was relatively relaxed just because I was um, grateful to be there, relieved I was there. And also, well, we've made it through to the final better than last year. So, almost any year. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart from the the golden years. Yeah, Mm. so absolutely. It was like, okay, we've made it through and anything can happen as we found out. Because pressure does crazy things to you and anything can happen yeah so it didn't start very well because unfortunately the final we lost James Vince quite early um sometimes finals days have kind of gone that way where it doesn't make too many runs and obviously with what an impact he'd had for the season then it wasn't like oh no that's game over or anything but it was a bit of concern that um you know someone else was going to have to step up and fortunately Ben McDermott stepped up with a 62 which ultimately won him the player of the match award um but there was a worry throughout the innings because we just seemed to lose wickets at regular intervals mm. And even McDermott, 62, he fell with the score only on 90, with still yeah, the best part of nine overs to bat, which was where I started to get really worried we weren't going to bat all the overs. Yeah, I was saying to my um, non-cricket knowing friends, you know, we really need to bat out the overs. And I was revising out loud and in my head, kind of kept lowering the total of what I'd be happy with, you know, going in thinking before the start, thinking, okay, we probably need to get like, I don't know, pitches slowing down 180, 190. Then it was like, okay, 170. And then it was like, okay, 150. Are we, and then it, yeah, like you say, Ian, it's like, are we even actually going to bat out the overs? I just don't want it to be embarrassing. Mm. Well, every, every time new batter came in, and this is when we were down to sort of Ellis, Crane, Wood. I just kept saying to Alan, I was just like, 
when it puts up the new batter statistics and it will say like Mason Crane's best is 25. And I was like, mm. right, if we can have a 25 from Mason <laughs> or a 27 from Chris Wood, then we'll, we'll be fine. And we, I've not said it on Twitter yet because it's sort of, there's just been so much to say in the last few days, but Chris Wood's batting at the end mm. was very, very, very important in getting us up to a score and making sure we batted the overs. In the last four overs, we put on 35 runs and that was purely from the tail and a little bit of Ross Whiteley. Mm. Uh, that, for me, is is what helped win us the game. Um, mm. It was just really competent batting. And do you know what? Chris Wood has always got criticised a little bit sometimes, a bit like Broad's batting style nowadays, which is one shot and go and go. But really, that does such a disservice to him. He's got such a cricket brain on him and he batted probably the most mature of any of our batsmen. And that's not, that's not even a criticism to the other batters, but he was just really mature. He knew exactly what he had to do. He understood the instruction manual and he played the dimensions of the ground brilliantly, which actually he did really well in the fabled Somerset game last year as well. He mm. he, um, he bats well at Edgebaston and there was a calmness and that sort of grinding determination. We, mm. we said it to each other, all of us, it's like um, people will say it in one day cricket with 300 or anything like that. Don't underestimate the psychological barrier of getting past 150. It was just something, mm. just something that lit a spark and give us something to work with. And they understood that and uh, they rose to the occasion. And that shows even more that we're a great bowling side because they can deliver with the bat for us as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Wood came out with the score at 111 when the seventh wicket fell. And there was still at that point 5.3 overs to go. So, and he finishes with a 20 not out with a 1-4 and one mighty six, which went into mm. the pavilion. And that was massively, massively important. And he was supported by Mason Crane, who was seven not out at the end. And I was just thinking, okay, we've got a score. This is what we do. We've got, obviously, we're playing a team in Lancashire who are probably better than some of the teams we've defended low scores against. But who knows? You never know. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I sort of had my phone turned off, really, and signal there because I didn't want to do too much social media on Saturday because I wanted just to count concentrate on the action mm. um, because I think it would have just been oh we haven't got enough oh well well done Lancashire it's good we got to the final after we started but I was like I didn't think we'd win but I didn't see yeah. why we couldn't if that makes any sense at all yeah well I was having that actual out loud conversation about oh I'm really mm. glad to yeah, glad we made the final. Uh, go on then, Lancashire, you're going to do this. It's it's yours to win. Probably haven't got enough on the board, but I know that we said that maybe in the semi-final and then definitely in the you know in the quarter-final. But mm -hmm. you know, over to you, Lancashire. I wasn't expecting to win at all, and the Lankies that we were right next to were really quite vocal, weren't they? Right yeah. up until well, we'll discuss whatever the turn well, whatever we think the turning point is. But you know, right up until the sixteenth over, they were getting quite, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I noticed that in the morning in the Yorkshire game because there were obviously parts of the Yorkshire game where it wasn't going Lancashire's way, and they were quite quiet. They they, they were very much up and down. Whereas I think with us, yes, of course, we were loud when we thought we had a chance, but. I think we did sort of back our team a bit more than they did when things weren't going our way. Mm. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So the first over came out and it was a, a sort of a what you'd call a mixed bag from Chris Wood. I think the over went for 13. He had a no ball that was hit for six. And then I think uh free hit went for four. And that was to Phil Salt, a very dangerous player. But Wood managed to pick up his wicket in the first over, which was despite it being expensive over, you take that because we've got rid of such a destructive player so early on. Mm, that was a key moment. And I also think we've discussed this at length over the weekend, but I think last year, it's safe to say that Chris Wood, he didn't have the best of endings to that mm. campaign. And I think mm. that there was a worry amongst us because he's been a star walk for us, well, since 2010, and even before that, you know, with, especially in T20 cricket, and I think we were looking at him and he's such a talisman for us. And 
we were worried when things started to go a bit awry. But this year, what he's done is I think he accepts that Batson will try and come after him. Mm. But he re- a, he relishes that. And B, he's getting out of overs superbly now. So mm. his responses, his, re- his reply balls, apart from the, the free hit, which you're going to expect to get hit with boundary and a free hit, with that sort of batting lineup. Apart from that, every response to a boundary was a killer dot ball or a trickle for one. You know, or a lovely outside off ball and getting out of overs, he was shutting down, closing down overs superbly. And that actually worked. And Pinky always looks at himself and thinks, yeah, I might be the one who with slightly more expensive figures here, but I'm getting out, I'm causing constant pressure. And mm. yeah, that was a good signal of intent and showed, yeah, Lancashire are going to hit us, but we've also got a couple of things in our armory, in our arsenal, and we use that. And I was going to say also because of the backup as well, because of the rest of the bowling unit and the the bowling team, actually, you're not so heavily reliant on Chris Wood as you might have been in previous years. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes there is that 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 kind of your head in your hand. Oh, God, he's gone for like a million in the first over. Yeah, last last it's year. Like, where do we go from here? We've still and we've got to have his three. You know, we've still got to have his three remaining overs. We really mm. haven't got a choice about that. Yeah, last year it was basically wood and wheel as the main seamers with a bit of curry, I suppose. And it was kind of the semi-final was in the end a game too far for those mm. two that they just got really punished. Whereas this year you've got the addition of Nathan Ellis, which adds almost a specialised death bowler. So mm. the pressure is a bit off wood and wheel. So wheel had largely been moved to the front of the innings, which I think suited him. And also James Fuller only bowled two overs in the whole competition last season. And then this year he'd become a main strike bowler. Big, yeah, but he's a com- getting- but he's a completely different player though. Is this yeah. season? He's just he's mm. on another level, isn't he? So. That's right. And the other comment I made during the first over was, I think one of the boundaries that Salt had hit early in the over, I commented that oh, he's not hit that cleanly. Could it be quite difficult? Yeah, it I did, thought it that. Did look, yeah, it did look like it was getting progressively harder to get the ball away, definitely. And then that does mind games, you know, does funny things to your head, doesn't it? And then you've got the thought of, hang on a minute, but Hampshire are a, a really strong bowling side and they, they you know, good at strangling sides. Yeah, so it just... They just seemed to lose their heads, Lancashire, didn't they? As mm. innings progressed, which was is great because we outbowled them and outsiped them then, haven't we? Mm. Yeah. yeah, and then was it the power play? They they went relatively a bit of a sedate pace, didn't they, Croft and Jennings? That I think the last over of the power play, if I remember rightly, was a bit expensive. So I think they were only 10 ahead at the end of the power play, just one wicket down. Mm. But it was almost like from over six till 12, where Hampshire had possibly lost the game by losing five wickets. That Lancashire were, they didn't lose as many wickets in that period, but they kind of went too slowly, perhaps had to get themselves ahead of the rate. But I don't know if they just sort of thought, well, it's 153. We don't need to chase it early. We just need to do it in 20 overs. I don't know what their sort of plan was. But if I'm honest, and I've said this before over the weekend, I thought for parts of the first few years in the power play, they got it completely wrong. I was thinking, why are you doing this? Why are you being uber aggressive and hitting out? You don't need to do this. I didn't really, if I, well, I wasn't annoyed because, you know, obviously, but if I was a Lancashire fan, I'd be really a mm. bit perplexed by that. I understand it. And I think they want to show a batting Paris and they don't know anything different because that's, what masterminded that incredible run chase, which was at a canter in the morning against Yorkshire. But this is a different situation. It's a, it's like playing at a different ground when it's under the lights. It's the evening after a hot day at the pitch. Was it entirely necessary? I don't know. But Amanda made a great point about pressure and what it does to you in finals. And I remember because, as everyone probably on Twitter knows, now I, I stayed with Ian for the weekend on a cricket odyssey which is great. And we watched the highlights uh, the next morning because we just couldn't go over it. And they panned to the camera to Dame Villas, who I've never seen this before, was shaking like an absolute leaf uh, in the dugout. And you could tell, I think they must have seen something out there, maybe even in their innings, where maybe what we were hearing in the stands of the Lancashire fans, the classic, you know, to and froing of 
we've got this and our oh, Hampshire, we, we, we're not going to win yeah. this or this. Maybe we weren't actually seeing what was inside the dressing rooms and something was there telling people this is gonna, not that we're going to lose it or we're going to fluff it up, but this is going to be a lot harder than we first mm. think. Well, I said to you, George, I think that the um, the Guardian cricket, county cricket blog, the below the line stuff, there's um, some regulars on there that talk about lanxing it up. And oh no, it's a lanx up, you know. I wonder, it just obviously got to them. And because I saw that on Twitter about Dane Villas in the dugout or the dressing room. And you don't get to see that in real life when you're there, unless you're right next to the, the dugout or the or you can, you've got a view in. You don't really see it, particularly when you're not on the socials throughout the match. You're, you're just literally concentrating on what's in front of you and the crowds and everything. So you kind of miss that panic. And it, it was a bit panicked. And when I watched the highlights, just, you know, the really short version of the highlights on um, YouTube this afternoon, you can see the, the way the wickets fell. It did look like it was getting frantic. You know, the fact that balls were being skied up almost and then caught in the deep or whatever or closer to the batsman, you think, hang on, they they have lost their heads now. And that was personified when we made the move to spin after the power play. You bring on Dawson, he gets knocked around for ones and twos, but no boundaries. And then Crane comes on in the mm-hmm. seventh, well, in the eighth over and makes the impact. So that's where I just thought, yeah, something's coming in. And the fielding. And then, the you know, the Vince run out of, was it Wells? That's when I first thought, oh, a little bit of a, oh, and I know George and I spent about two overs going, yeah, I mean, we, no, it's not going to happen. You know, it's, it's not, but it would be nice. And then it, our intonation was slightly changed. There was a question mark. It's not going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> you know. Well, my feeling was when it got to 17 overs and it was 30 off three, that's when I really thought, okay, maybe, because that's the sort of equation it's been for a lot of games this season. Four or five games we've won with that sort of, the opposition needing that sort of amount. Now, during the 19th over, bowled by Wood, when the chance to catch Wells went down, and I think when one went for six, then I was sort of back on, okay, it's probably done now, but we've done well to get it this far. But then... That last ball of the 19th over where Wells is taking a single to get the strike and Vince superbly direct hit to run him out. And the equation is then 11 off the last with a new batter, a number nine or a number eight or a number nine. I can't remember. I should know this. But whereas I think if Wells is on strike for the last over with 10 yeah. off the board, then Lancashire win for me, or it's a sort of 80% Lancashire win when you're talking those numbers. Whereas 11 off the last, Ellis to the tail ender, I'm sort of like, oh, I was 60, 40, 70, 30 in our favour. I, I agree with that. I mean, what I've said as well for a while is I've felt so many similarities to that Trent Bridge quarterfinal last year against Knott's. And just that feeling of it being a game where the bowlers suddenly got back into it. But I only really believed in the last three overs, whether it was the look in Vincey's eyes or the fielding, the level of communication, or even the, the fact that they're just the pressure was building. And I'm thinking about the maths in my head constantly. I think Amanda's probably sick of hearing me muttering and muttering to myself. <laughs> thinking, and then thought, like you did, Ian, and we were looking and exchanging across the aisle all the time, thinking, we have done this so many times. And this is a situation that's so suited to us. And then I thought, actually, we're in this. And I think other teams forget how well, especially when it's a Lancashire, when, you, when it's a Northern group side and you're not yeah. used to interacting with us in, in C20, you probably don't always realise that. And they've and, and that's where, actually, they were probably thinking, well, why are they getting so chipper? And it's like, because this is what we do. doesn't mean we're going to win it, but this is, right, you're on our territory now. Yeah. And also, just, you know, if you didn't need any more evidence of, like, why you should get it done in the 19th over or by the 19th over, you know, don't let it go to the final over, everybody, because anything can happen. And I've seen us, that that infamous, uh, was it 40 over or 50 over game against Kent at the Aegeus Bowl, however, a few years ago. And I think um, it was Brad Taylor and... Yeah, hundreds or whatever. Yeah, I, I well, I think I was in tears at the end of that. I was absolutely speechless. And we, I think we needed six off the last over, and we got Matt Henry, didn't we? 
Mm. But you did and nine off the last four or something as well. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was absolutely, it was ridiculous. And, you know, so you do, you know, that is yet more evidence. You need to get it wrapped up by the final over because anything can happen. And it did. Yeah, so Ellis, I think, the final over, what did he do? So we had, yeah, was it Luke Wood fell with two balls to go. So I think they needed, what, seven off two, and they managed to run a two, so it was five off the last. And we all know what happened next, which was Ellis ran in. Yeah, but this this bit's clear. (laughs) Go on, then. Yeah, completely on, sober as well on the day, I can say. So <laughs> I remember it very, very clearly. At least, at least some of us were. <laughs> and um, Ellis ran in. He delivered the ball. The stumps lit up. We went absolutely crazy. We hugged each other. I think took a few selfies. And then suddenly... Um, a couple of group hugs. Yeah. yeah, somebody tell him or just suddenly like, oh my God, what has happened here? I remember it so well. Yeah. Yeah. Now I remember going up the, <laughs> going up the stairs, and hugging all these random people, all Hampshire fans, and we had our selfie and our group hug and buzzing, screaming with delight. And then I just heard saw someone tapping my shoulder. I turned around. It was this big burly Lancashire fan. He just went, "No ball, sit down, sit down." And I was like, "What?" And then I think we just all just looked at each other, and we couldn't. And you could just hear. The whole of Edge Bastion just go <sighs> like that and just all so shocked. And that's when I thought, God, we've lost it. And this is the most cruel Hampshire way to lose. It was the most happy Hampshire way to win it, but I thought it was going to be the most cruel Hampshire way to lose it. And I thought, God, this is this is gone now. Yeah, the fireworks, the smoke, you know, all the what subfit Nye Donald and Toby Albert had run onto the field and everyone was just in a huddle and yeah I just couldn't believe it and was just also yeah trying to work out well what do they need because the scoreboard was showing conflicting information where it was like three to win then it was saying two to win and then Mm random people behind me are going oh well if they get two it's a super over and I'm like well I'm not sure they actually have them um I've got a feeling it's some sort of count back on the power play which that means they would be ahead and then just sort of thinking okay well you know it's still a tail ender it's still Nathan Ellis you know if we can keep them to one if he can keep his foot behind the line then we'll be okay I'm, yeah. getting ner- I'm getting nervous even hearing it. Yeah. I know. Poor George. I'm worried about you reliving it again and again and again. I, I think I was still quite zen-ish. I think I was obviously, you know, went nuts when we we won the first time. But I was thinking, OK, I didn't think we were going to win this and we did, sort of. And now we haven't. And so maybe, do you know what? I'm OK with us not actually winning for the second time. I'm OK because it's just so amazing. You wouldn't have been. I, well, no, it would have I, been the worst thing, and that is the worst <laughs> thing that ever happened at cricket for me. And that's after last year's semi and Liverpool. Mm. That would have, that would have been like if they say that it comes in threes. That would have been the three to top it off. So oh, well, this I, might, I just might, this might have been my first because <laughs> I was just thinking that would just have gone up. That would have just been lived down forever. That it would have been like our oh, Hampshire just choked. It would have been hilarious for the rest of cricket twitter who for some reason hampshire aren't very popular with and i was just thinking about all those sort of things yeah thinking am i gonna have to delete my account (laughs) (laughs) am i just gonna have to like move house yeah just be (laughs) quiet about supporting hampshire for a while but luckily the second go then nathan ellis has put the ball through again Gleason's missed it for a second time. It's gone through to McDermott and he's just run up to the stumps. And then the umpires have called the ball dead. And that's the end of the game. And Hampshire are the champions. Yes, thank you for clarifying that, Ian, and the MCC and whoever else. That's it. That's done. No more debate. Although and let's all admit to ourselves though that we weren't quite thinking we weren't quite thinking that in the ground, were we? No, we I wasn't quite like, sure. I wasn't yeah, quite I, sure what happened. We weren't trusting of anything anymore. We were like, what is going on? Because I felt so sorry for Amanda, who, you know, to be honest, what happened was her hand was clenched into the microphone. <laughs> I have to hold your hand. And I did it for the first ball. 
Then it was a no ball. And then again, shaking. So I couldn't, <laughs> she's like, calm down, calm down. And then I wouldn't let go of her hand, even <laughs> after we more, because I thought, have we, have we? And then I think it was one of us when just saw Vincey pump his sis after talking with the umpire. And then we just went, Vincey's pump his sis, we won, we won. And then everyone just went in, in unison. Like, and you can hear it when we watch the highlights the next day. For the first 50 seconds, you don't hear anything from the crowd. And then you just suddenly hear a pop of noise. Yeah. And that's when we all realise there's no going back. There's no funny signals coming from the umpire. <laughs> We've actually done it. Yeah, I didn't want to celebrate right away for a second time, just in no. case it was wrong. And I think, again, it, yeah, it took about 30 seconds, or it seemed like forever, before it could sort of go crazy again and go, yes, we've won this. Obviously, the Lancashire fans after they got over arguing about them running two, they're now obviously arguing about we changed the field and that shouldn't have been allowed. Very well may be the case, but unfortunately the umpires, if that was the case, got that wrong. But that's cricket. Decisions are made by umpires. They're human. They get them wrong. And sometimes when they go upstairs, the decision is still wrong. That is cricket and we've won. Stop crying. Stop asking for appeals. Stop asking for the match to be replayed. We won it. Be annoyed with your own team that you didn't win it when you should have won it. Yeah, earlier, not on the last ball or the second to last ball or whatever you want to. And that's exactly what they would say to us if if we lost. Um, And and what everyone loves saying, damn shit, when we lose. So do you know what? And actually just celebrate the fact that that was... The most amazing advert for county cricket you could get. Just just celebrate that it was an amazing game and that it was great. I mean, at the end of the day, we would have been gutted, but I wouldn't have been angry at Lancashire for losing that, you know, um, if we lost that. Like, it was just an amazing game that I'm so glad we made a game of it. It's... um, yeah, yeah, the fact that we didn't lose it by like 10 wickets, because that was your other fear. Once we posted that low-ish, we thought, total... You think, oh, please don't win this by 10 wickets. It's just going to be really embarrassing. It's going to be, uh, you know, it's just not going to be a good look at all. Just make a game of it. And every time we got into like after five overs, after 10 overs, oh, okay, it's it's not so bad. You know, it's it's not making us look really silly. So, yeah. The other thing I said, I mean, it was, I said to Al, I was like, okay, well, 10 years ago, we defended about 150 against Yorkshire. So it can be done in the final, but I was also saying that games moved on in 10 years, mm. but it it was just incredible. It was about time we won another one, you know, that we're now with Leicestershire, we've got three T20 titles. So us and Leicestershire, three each. There's a handful that have won it twice. And there's obviously another handful that have won it once. So we're now the joint kings of T20. And you could argue that we are the Kings because we've got the most recent victory as well. And I'm so pleased that we won. And it was just an incredible campaign that is the sort of thing that, um, yeah, maybe I should write a book on it. You know, starting with four defeats, very despondent, people telling me that the coach should be sacked, various players should be sacked, and that it was a waste of time mm-hmm. signing them because we could have had some bloke in the youth or some kid in the youth team do a better job. And it just I thought it was really nice. from there. I thought it was really nice when um, AD Birrell came over at the end. I thought mm. that was really nice. I don't know whether that was just a spur of the moment thing for him or whatever, but I just thought it was actually really nice um, for him to get some love and to see how much it meant to us all that we'd won. Um, we were lucky enough to speak to AD afterwards in the pavilion and George thanked him for giving us the best day of his life. And AD said to us that it was also one of the best days of his life. Oh, he lovely. was absolutely thrilled. He was, you know, talking up James Vince and mm. the players saying what a special group they are. Mm. And he was obviously really, really proud to have won it. And my feeling as well, George saying about, you know, best day, but I really think with this, the best is still yet to come. Absolutely. I'm massively positive and optimistic about this season. I've said that all, all along mm. um, and nothing's happened to change my mind. Oh, completely. I mean, I think I've never, we said it at the start of the season and we also have agreed that we've never felt so positive about many elements of it, but the, but the belief as well, and talking to some of the players that we were lucky enough to talk to afterwards, weren't just saying how incredible this campaign was, which, by the way, after losing the first all games, you go and win 12 out of 13 after that, which is incredible in itself. 
they know that come tomorrow morning when that first ball is bowled in the heat of the Cheltenham Cricket Festival against Gloucestershire, they'll be right back on it. You know, mm-hmm. they know part of building a wider legacy of Hampshire going right back up to the top table where it really belongs. Uh, and it's something bigger. And the players understand everything. I thought the connection between player and fan has never been stronger. And that's where you saw A.D. Birrell coming over, like you said, Manda, and the feeling of connectivity. We've all enjoyed some amazing moments. Like we've said, this club gives us incredible moments, but I never quite felt that afterwards. And also the history of this club, I think as well, what happened on Saturday was for Shane Warne and what we've been through mm. as a club emotionally. And that great quote that is now at the bowl next to the shop, which is, whatever you do, just never, ever give up, never give up. And the players understood that. And mm. actually, I think we take for granted how in sync and in the zone that the players are mm. um, with us. And I really felt that on Saturday and in a lovely emotional way. I just think we are playing this never say die attitude that the old Hampshire mm. was famous for. We're back to it now and, and we're going to fight for, for, for everything now. And it's going to be another great season in the championship as well. Yeah, definitely. I read um, the article by Vish in Crick Info today about uh, James Vince and about, so I think he just, you know, did the quotes from James Vince about how he really slowed it down after the first time he won it. The fact that he just got everybody together, that he was just very conscious of the fact that at the, um, the losing semi-final last year, how he felt that they were sort of rushed because of the pressure. So actually it was going to, they were really going to slow, you know, take it slowly and just how impressive Vince is as a captain. And I think, I know I talk about, oh, you know, how do you measure assists, you know, as a bowler where you pile pressure on, but you don't take the wickets. You know, it's, it's really difficult to measure captaincy, but like when you're talking about team spirit and about keeping your head when it's really a precious situation, about winning a game that you had no right to win at all, twice we won it. You know, that is the mark of an amazing leader. The fact that they all want to do it for him and with him and the fact that, OK, he didn't score many runs, but he did an amazing run out, which actually contributed to the win massively. because it An amazing catch as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah just, we just, were just there because of him. You know, it's almost 700 runs, mm-hmm. player, player of the tournament, and it's absolutely fantastic. Great to speak to him after. Know his dad a little bit and was able to have a little drink with his dad as well, which was fantastic. And That was a really special moment, actually. Yeah, that was yeah. just lovely. And, oh, just what a day. And, yeah, incredible. Start with four defeats. What did we do? We won the next five. I think when we did one of the Twitter spaces, when I think there was four or five to go, I think when we sort of pulled it round to four wins and four defeats, we did do a sort of quick straw poll, didn't we, of whether we would get through to finals day. And I think the responses were mixed. I did think we'd get through. I thought we'd get through probably in fourth, which was what happened. And then we went to Warwickshire, we win there. And that is, again, probably what's made the difference. Getting to play a quarterfinal against mm. Warwickshire, Birmingham Bears, hugely, hugely helped us because yeah. it meant we could almost have a practice go. Yeah, I mean, we, we were we were really thinking about the Somerset game, the semi-final, that sort of hoodoo, not just about Somerset, but the semi-final in general that's been hanging over us for quite a number of years now but actually I didn't really we spoke about this a few weeks ago but I didn't really link it in my brain in the morning because you're just thinking about the day but in hindsight now I think that was a massive massive moment they caught a final and in a way we already broke that hoodoo before we even turned up um to finals day uh, and, the, and the players recognized that so yeah you know and you to be fair and you called it and said that is a game we got a chance in we can express ourselves um and yeah, that really sometimes tournaments open up and they can give you opportunities that help you, um, but you've got to earn it. And, and, and we did that. Yeah, exactly. We, you know, we win the quarterfinal by 100. There were big performances out there in the quarterfinal, other quarterfinals, weren't there? Where, what was it? And a certain uh, Mr. Russo. Mm, yeah, that Somerset made Derbyshire look like an absolute pub team, but. I was watching that with my wife's uncle and I, I just said, well, we're playing Somerset. 
but they won't be able to take the Taunton with them. And we're a good side. We should respect Somerset because they've got players that can hurt you, but we shouldn't fear them. We shouldn't be concerned. We won at Taunton ourselves. So, and we lost to them at the Aegeus, but that was when we were having our sort of wobble at the start and didn't really know our best side or our best plan. But we seem to really, really do it well. And I think one thing I said after the first win we got on the board against Sussex was that didn't want to get carried away, but it was something to build on. And it was a thing where we seemed to combine youth. So Tom Prest and Toby Albert did really well. The overseas turned up on that night. Ellison McDermott played well in that game. And your experienced pros like Vincent Dawson played well. And I said, that's what the three ingredients are to make a good T20 side. You have your overseas, you have your experienced pros, and you have your youth to offer something different. And that was, again, what we saw Tom Prest in the semi-final match-winning knock, player of the match in that. And then the overseas won it for us in the final, didn't they? Yeah, and interesting, because I was looking at the uh, the competition bowling averages, and Nathan Ellis doesn't feature in the top 50 of the averages across the whole competition. And that's when it's, it's not just about the bare stats, is it? It's about what he gives you. Uh, and as I say, my, my bear friend, you know, saying he's the most impressive bowler we've seen in the competition. And I'd not seen him in person, you know, bowl in person until the you know, semi-final and the final. But I was sat behind the bowler's arm uh, and you, he's, you know, quite whippy. And he's, he's got quite a long run up and he's quicker than you think. And he's just like, oh, OK, actually, you know. And when George, when you were talking in our pre-season about what inspired signings McDermott and Ellis were, and I'm thinking I've never heard of them. They're Australian. I don't care, really. But how inspired those signings were because of their performances in a in domestic big bash and actually that would be, and, and they've both got something to prove because I think Nathan Ellis might have played a couple of ODIs for Australia, but, you know, they, they sort of want to be breaking through. They want to look mm. good. And you think they've just, you know, they've both done really, really well, haven't they? Well, we've often had sort of the Australians at the sort of start of their career. So I'm thinking of, we had Simon Katich in two spells so once as a coming through into the Australian team and then we had him at the end of his career as well we had Glenn Maxwell when he was announcing himself Dan Christian I suppose as well back in 2010 Uh, Michael Michael Clark Clark as a youngster around 04 Shane Watson 05 so Ellis and McDermott kind of fit that profile don't they of the sort of up-and-coming Australian talent And I'm really pleased they came good because, again, there was a lot of question marks over them early on. And, you know, even up to about game 10 or 11, some of the things that people were saying about McDermott really, really annoyed me. And I put a Twitter question out there earlier about what's the best 50 conversion rate or percentage out of innings for Hampshire and Ben McDermott's top five out of 17 innings. Now, of course, Carberry, Vince, McKenzie played a lot more games, so it isn't a dead fair comparison. They were getting a 50 about once every five innings, but McDermott to get one in three across a campaign is a superb performance. And just going back to what you said about Ellis, I'm just looking, he, his economy rate was under seven for the tournament. Liam's was just a touch over seven. Fuller's was 7.83. Woods was under eight again. I'm sure that's the first time that's been under eight for a little while. I'll just see what his 2021 uh, average was. Yeah, Yeah, Wood was, oh no, it was just under eight then as well. So it was almost identical. But I think there was also, um, he bowled more overs this year. Yeah, it's definitely an improvement. I think as well with, with Ellis, it's the point of difference that he provides but I've seen it in the Taunton game that we commented on where I thought he just provided a really steady ship, calm and nerves, held up an end. He did it again in the final. I mean, I'm struggling to think of that many boundaries that were even hit off his bowling there. Every Ellis over was a reliable one mm-hmm. and one that really sucked in the pressure in the air um, out of Lancashire's sails. And it was just a masterclass. And if you're looking at the philosophy that Hampshire play their white ball cricket in over the last few years, that's where you go and look at Ellis and you think that's a proper Hampshire signing that has been fought through to a T. And when we talked about uh, in preseason that we 
I think I said it and we all chipped in and agreed with it, is that we'd never felt that the recruitment and what we want off the pitch, going on the pitch, and actually what happens on the pitch has never been so in sync. And I think you see that in an Ethan Ellis playing in a Hampshire shirt. Uh, it just works. Yeah, hats off to whoever came up with that decision, whether that was AD or Vince or Charles White, I don't know, or a combination, or you're trying to take some credit there. George. George. (laughs) (laughs) I I did tell Rod in a conversation uh, a few months ago, but he never listens to me anyway, so it's fine. But But Nathan Ellis looked like he really wanted to do it for the team as well. He looked... Sometimes you get an overseas that is just kind of like not really there in spirit, but yeah. And I thought there was a, there was a lovely photo on Twitter. I think it was a Dave Boats photo of uh, a black and white one of Tom Preston, Ben McDermott in the dressing room afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, to the, both the players of the match from the uh, the day, and they looked absolutely shattered. But they just it just is a really lovely photo. It was just like you know, that's just really cool. That's so Hampshire, isn't it? You've got our youngster. Mm-hmm. You know, he was so impressive in the semi-final. He just looks so mature as a batsman. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's had a great campaign. Yeah, really And again, Tom Prest has played 21 innings for Hampshire in T20 and scored four half centuries. So he's currently at that one in five level that Vince McKenzie and Carberry managed. So if he can maintain that, then that's a real, real great find for Hampshire. And it's a homegrown player as well, which is mm. always, always a bonus. So yeah, gets those Twitter moaners off our back as well a little bit. Exactly, exactly. But um, I suppose we'll just go through it. I mean, who would be player of the tournament for you both? Vincey, it's got to be. I disagree with what they said. He, he's been our rock. Okay, man, yeah. what do you reckon? It's difficult to look at anybody else apart from James Vince. I mean, obviously, he got the formal recognition uh, for player of the comp, but also just the captaincy um, mm. as well, the leadership. Yeah, so Vincey. Yeah, Saturday yeah. was a masterclass in, in, you know, they do those masterclasses now of all the celebrities. They should just do one with Vincey on captaincy. I think I, when I was getting really overly emotional, I walked back to the car way and was probably wishing I should shut up. But I was getting very <laughs> emotional and talking about things. And I said, like, no one can, I've had people batter me. I'm sure we've all had it for loving James Vince for years, mm. especially on his captaincy. I said that even Don Topley had a go at me last year when I said he's the best captain in the county championship. He said, you're a joke for thinking that. Uh, not that I love Don. He wasn't it wasn't that aggressive or anything, but he just said, you know, he yeah. said he, You're not you know, the only I'm, one he's had a go at, I don't think. But you know, and I love him, but I said, I've got to disagree with you. He is the best. And to, and that has shown it. The look in his eyes, the way he commands the team, amazing. What a captain. Yeah, I'll have to go with um, Vince as well. Um, it's boring that we all agree, I suppose. But as you say, Landuff, he's got the player of the tournament in the bag. He's won the trophy as the winning captain. So there's nobody else that deserves it. But it's obviously honourable mentions to Ben McDermott, Nathan Ellis, Chris Wood, Liam Dawson, Tom Prest. They all contributed. I think we used 15 players in the end for this campaign. We didn't start particularly well, and unfortunately, a few of those sort of fell by the wayside and weren't called on again. But by the end, we seemed to have a really good strategy where we settled on a best 12, if you like, and we then generally picked yeah. 11 from that 12. And I think we played the same team for the the final three games with Albert, unfortunately, being the person to miss out. But he he played well when we saw him and he's another one for the future and his mm. his time will come as well. But at least because he participated in the earlier games, he gets himself a winner's medal, which is great for him. What what is there anywhere where we think was the turning point of the campaign for us? Uh- I was thinking, well, probably a lot earlier, but the quarterfinal, I just think, really was where it was just really obvious that there was a strategy and there was some cricket brainery going on, you know, and there was actually a, we know what we're doing, we know what our strengths are, we can do this. So I think for me, the quarterfinal was the thing like, oh, okay, maybe, you know, obviously we've won that, we will get through to finals day, maybe we do have a bit of a chance. Um, but also, I think just, you know, when George was saying before, at the pre-season, just about the two overseas, I just think actually, I don't know, do we think that we lost the four games to begin with deliberately? Just, <laughs> just to kind of 
<laughs> make it look like we were rubbish and um just to give everybody else a false hope i don't know but i just think that i think those two overseas signings were just so inspired actually mm. i think that that's almost like the turning point was before we were any good i don't even know whether that makes sense maybe i've lost the plot yeah because so from memory yeah, yeah. i think from memory our pre-season episode we talked up mcdermott but the second signing wasn't confirmed at that point. Mm. Um, Ellis got announced after, but it was one when we heard about it, I thought, well, that makes sense. That seems to fit in with what we're trying to do. It gives us an extra bowler after we were a bit light last year. But I think I've got two turning points, I think. Well, one is obviously the first game we won because that was important. It was a local derby with Sussex. We'd been hugely, hugely outplayed at the Oval. We lost by 72 runs to complete four defeats in a row. And that was when we didn't look like we had much of a clue what we were going to do next. The criticism, my mentions were absolutely bonkers in terms of people demanding that heads must roll. So the Sussex game for just getting ourselves one win on the board. And it was an entertaining win because we scored almost 200 and we defended it. So that was important. And then the next important moment for me and where I believed that we were going to perhaps do something this year was the Somerset game down at Taunton. So we just lost a few days before to Surrey. Again, that was a game I didn't see because I was away. But again, the criticism was quite loud in in after that Surrey game so when we turned up at Taunton four days later and had a very well not very convincing but a decent win against a good Somerset side in difficult positions that was when I thought okay well if we can get to finals day then we might have a chance this year so that was my sort of two moments of of the campaign yeah, I, I agree with uh, you on Taunton. I guess I could say the same thing, but in a slightly different way. I think the Surrey loss was the turning point because uh, we had gone, we really recovered since beating Sussex and up and then I think that slapped us back down to earth again. Um, and then you're going into like the, the way the blast scheduling works now, those final two weeks where the games come thick and fast and you're just going to decide places you're playing for places constantly and I think we realised look if we're going to go for this we've just got to and then that breeds into the attitude of how we went about our business at Taunton where there was real pressure and even us when we were commentating on it on the Twitter spaces we thought god this game's really slipping away from us but the way we came back in was like it was never in doubt and I think that attitude then went from that game onwards right up until the final yeah Absolutely. So I think we've done as much as we can talk about there with the final. The great thing is that that's one trophy down. We've still got the championship to look forward to. We won't talk about that one today. We'll just focus on T20, but it's a great time to be a Hampshire fan. There's one trophy won. We're in the hunt for a second and it's the one we want and it's just great to have a win. Yeah, absolutely. And so cool to be walking back out from the grounds with my friends, walking back into the city and saying to the two uh, girls that aren't, you know, it's their proper first proper experience of cricket to say to them, and that is why I bloody love cricket. That's why I love it, because, you know, you get moments like that and, and what a great occasion. And they were able to really appreciate, you know, how exciting it was and also, um, you know, how well um, Edgbaston do these days now as well. You know, they host really well. Um, so, yeah, it's a great advert for the game to trot out the cliche. And I, I still would be saying that even if we'd lost. I felt exactly the same feeling, Amanda, when I had my arm round Vincey's shoulder and asking him if he could adopt me. So you know, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. We both we all bloody love cricket. <laughs> I know that I'll tell you that giraffe was really winding me up though towards the end, getting in the way. And I think I said sit down or something. And I think he almost did like a hand gesture with his hoof. And I was working out, I'll pay the fine, but I do not want the lifetime ban associated with trying to get you were get talking it. your strategy to me. I mean, he must have had. Well, they say Vulcan hearing, but it must be giraffe hearing. It's giraffe hearing. Like we, we were muttering under our breath. Yes. <laughs> I know. I know. So that was, yeah. So that was the worst moment of the day for me, is that flipping giraffe. But apart from that, everything, yeah. What, what an amazing occasion. Like you say, one down, two to go. 
come on the boys. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, it was a brilliant day. Um, so glad I was there to finally see us win a finals day at Edgbaston. And it was an absolute pleasure to be in both your company at the end because it was just absolutely brilliant. I made a lot of good friends watching this club and um, it's great to add two more. Yeah, likewise, really, really good fun. A uh, little bit of consoling of some Lancashire supporters. There was a couple of, in tears. You know, they were gently, they were just absolutely um, as bewildered as we were, but not happy bewildered. <laughs> I, I was just too busy looking at... Um, <laughs> our fans and just celebrating and yeah. going to speak to various people I knew around our section. I mean, none of the Lancashire fans consoled me after Liverpool, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were happy. I always think for me, uh, the true sign of friendship is if you can tolerate me after going to the cricket with me. And I think when you guys finally saw what I was like at a match, I thought, oh, this is going to be a big test there. And you embraced me even more. So, yeah, I think that what we all experienced together as a free alongside yeah. all our other fans in a sea of yellow on Saturday means we'll always have this forever. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we was Incredible. there. Actually, yeah, we were actually there. Brilliant. Yeah, it was the best finals day for me. I know that's recency bias kicking in, but from how we started to how it finished was just incredible. 2010 and 2012 were great, no doubt about it, but this one does top the lot. And I think I'll still be saying that in 10 years' time, unless, of course, something very Hampshire happens <laughs> at some point in the next 10 years, which <laughs> you wouldn't bet against. Incredible. What a, what a club. What, what a, a club. club, yeah. So thanks very much for listening. Thanks to all the players and the coaching staff for the effort and the memories that you've given us. But we'll leave you there and we'll hope to speak to you all soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Up the Shire.